Coming up, Pongo's review of Rocky Five Thousand. Hello, world. This is Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show. Thank you for following the show on Twitter and Instagram at Kate Pod. And thank you for subscribing, sharing, liking, following, all that good stuff. Thank you for supporting the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash Kate Pod. We very much appreciate that. And this week, I would like to welcome yet another talented member of my family, which... <laughs> I realize you may be thinking, hey, is, is this what it's come down to? He's just going to be talking to family members at this point? Like, it's, is this what this show has turned into? <laughs> well, look, I can't help it if so many members of my family are talented and handsome. Oh, I appreciate so. that. I'm, I'm too, uh, you're using that word talent pretty liberally. I'm just my first one of these that I've done, so I'm happy to do it. Oh, that's So okay. anyone I, who doesn't like the family talk, deal with it. Yeah, exactly. I've done hundreds of them, and uh, <laughs> I still don't know if, uh, if I'm any good at it. Ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Joe Morano, broadcaster. How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Enjoying, enjoying life. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to. The the little bits we can as things return to some semblance of normal. We got to get in yeah. all we can. Feels like so. it's coming on quick. The, the it, return. It does. Yeah. Thankfully, that, that was a funny thing. We were talking about this. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a recurring theme, obviously, over the last couple of weeks. The idea of things opening back up and getting back to some semblance of normal. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the thought was it was going to be a lot harder to go back out into the world than it was to kind of step out of it. Right. But I feel like everybody's so pent up that they just want to kind of get back out there and everyone's kind of rushing, you know, run, don't walk I'm, back I'm out on the that. world. Yeah. <laughs> we'll so see it, what happens with it. I'll keep things outdoors, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's the best we can do <laughs> is to try to be safe because uh, we, we don't want to go through this again. Not in our lifetime. Oh, no, thank you. Definitely. Right. Uh, so Joe is a broadcaster of of many stripes and oh, uh, appreciate it. We, we cross paths uh, not as often as we'd like to because of, you know, family events. Thankfully, we get to kind True. of catch up. But at the same time, to be honest with you, people, I don't know as much of his story <laughs> and his journey as I would like to. And what better place to actually ask him questions than on the show where I can milk more of my family for some content. But <laughs> I, I and I have to say. I used to kid with my parents back like 15 years ago because that's when, <laughs> you know, music was my number one. And I was that, that was the pursuit the right. for life. And uh, my sister started working in the uh, film and television, t- excuse me, film and television industry as well. Right. And I used to tell my parents, wow, I feel sorry for you because you have two children that are in show business or, or yeah. trying to uh, establish some footing in show business. Meanwhile, uh-huh. shortly thereafter, there's your oldest brother, Pete, who was just on a yep. couple of weeks ago, making his second appearance. Who's a working musician. Who's a guitar player for what? Almost 20 years now. Exactly. Yeah. And then there's <laughs> you who's been in broadcasting for about a decade now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, graduated in 2008 so we're, oh, geez, we're yeah. going on year 13 now aye, yeah aye. 
It's not been the most entertaining journey as we as we'll discuss, but it's been a long one now. I finally got that long. Yeah, now you have now you have an unofficial tenure, right? So that's something. And uh, (laughs) then your youngest brother Mike, who will be on here in in short order as well, uh, Mm -hmm. is a drummer and has been working drums for a while. So it's funny that uh, now I have more sympathy for your parents and that they have three show business children (laughs) because there are more. Uh, which is fine because you know what? You guys are like the Baldwins of the Midwest because all three of you are in. <laughs> it's true. In show business. It, it's funny because, yeah, that, that's definitely how it is. And we've all caught, I'm actually repping them. That's their show poster right there. That's, that's right. right. Look at that. Little Yankee Stadium shout out all the way on the other side. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they've been, I will say, man, they've been unbelievably supportive when, it's, when it comes to that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just am shocked that. <laughs> they've been okay with it it more you know they say the older we get the more my our parents will tell us these stories but they'll say that their friends are saying to them oh you must be so proud look at your they're playing music and touring the country and joe's doing this and he's doing tv stuff and <laughs> for my parents they're happy and proud and everything else but to them it's also like that also means they're working christmas they're working uh it's very uh strange schedule you know what i mean yeah that's, they, they, that's they true. get togethers it puts a strain on them for trying to make arrange get togethers but we get by we've been doing it for a while it's been right. fun yeah everybody's <clears throat> i guess acclimated and kind of used to it which is why it's you know you and i have seen each other in in short time we saw each other the beginning of 2020 your grandfather's 95th yep. birthday christmas right. of 2018 which i remember because that was the first one first christmas i was uh, back living in jersey yeah and Prior to that was another Christmas at some point and then seeing a variety. It's very rare to see all three of your brothers in, in one place. I know your parents don't even get to see the three of you. So the fact that any right. the extended family gets to see the three of you <laughs> in one place at the same time is, yeah. is rare. It's so, fun whenever it happens. It, it makes it that much more important and, and fun, you know? Totally. So, totally. Which, we're all we're all we're all close. I, you know, it's not like that. I, I definitely people ask that sort of thing, too. And I'd say I talk to the family in some capacity every day, you know? Right. So just just the face to face connection doesn't happen that much, but it's still. <laughs> yeah, you guys get by. You found a way to kind of exactly. understand that, you know what, this is th- th- this can be complicated, but we're going to make it work. We're going to stay in touch. we got technology on our side. Everybody's getting comfy <laughs> with Zoom oh, boy. by necessity. So yeah. at least there's that. It's not once upon a time where if somebody was, say, on tour, they would maybe be able to hit up a payphone one day and call home <laughs> and then hopefully word would get to the rest of the family. Now at least right. we can be in, in real time touch with everybody else. Thanks to cell yeah. phones and technology and all that good stuff. So that's the new, the new, the new, uh, the new order of things, right? Yeah. Notice that a lot with uh, just national things, you know, mm-hmm. late night talk shows or uh, press conferences for sporting events. It's all zoom now. And I kind of wonder what's going to happen moving forward with that. You know, is yeah. it going to become normal? For people to just zoom in and not allow people in the locker rooms for interviews or not fly people out to New York to do Colbert or something like yeah, that. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I was talking about that. this. I was talking about this kind of recently that the idea that, you know, somebody flying, you know, cross country to a talk show or something like that is probably not going to, you know, it's probably going to be a hybrid, just like a lot of people's jobs are going to be from here on out. That people aren't going to be going yeah. to the office necessarily five days a week if some work can be done <laughs> remotely. I feel like that the, the, dynamic is shifting in in a lot of ways and um you know as i've said many times i'm a big howard stern fan and he actually as much as he'd rather have people in the studio over the last year he's enjoyed doing interviews on zoom 
because people are at home and they're more comfortable and they're more relaxed because they're not walking into a studio environment where you do need to maybe have your guard up a little bit, maybe get in a performance mode a little bit. Whereas when they're just Mm -hmm. at home on their couch talking to you, they're just a lot more comfortable and a lot more at ease and they're more open. And there's something to that, too. So it's not all bad. There is something very big to that on all levels because, you know, he's talking to the most famous people ever, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I've done enough interviews in my career now where I see that, you know, just regular everyday people covering news or sports or anything. Those people still get nervous. Maybe they clam up a little bit. But if you zoom with them, they're a little more at ease. They're a little more no studio lights, no cameras or microphones they have to wear, you know. So, yeah, there's I there's something to that for sure. Just about the comfort level. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's something that uh, is it's going to change everything. That's for sure. Nothing's going to be exactly <laughs> how it was before all of this came down. Um, mm-hmm. Incidentally, I do want to apologize to you because when Pete did the show a couple of weeks back, mm-hmm. he had to <laughs> since I booked him, I guess, before you did because you were moving. <laughs> You're now That's in right. Charlotte. And uh, he actually told me that I think we we're in the middle of the show. He actually said I was supposed to be helping Joe move today, but I'm doing this instead. And I thought, uh oh, so you're not canceling any plans to do this are you like you didn't have some, I, someone's birthday party you know like a kid's birthday party or a, a bar mitzvah or something i don't know if bar mitzvahs we're all are good happening in charlotte because dedi- i'm dedicated chris that's that's why we're you're a pro good. see that's why pete, i knew pete wasn't gonna help me anyway let's be honest here we all know this right but yeah i was moving from missouri to charlotte so fourth place i've lived uh in my adult life career whatever mm. you want to call it and uh it's been great been here about a month now yeah awesome Okay, good. As long as you're net, you haven't ditched anybody today to uh, <laughs> brush off a friend, you know, some event or to help somebody. And I'm gonna call out Pete as much as I can and Mike. Ah, oh, they're good guys. <laughs> That's they just are. brother stuff, though. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, I mean, you guys get along. You're not those uh, contentious brothers where it's like everybody gets in a fist fight as soon as you're all in the same room. You guys are exactly very much on that that comfortable wavelength, which is yeah, which is very very cool. Especially because you have this, you know, you got this showbiz thing that you're. That's everyone's career, which is yeah. great. So, um, incidentally, since you have bounced around a lot, I am kind of curious because I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. You were probably like maybe fifth, sixth grade ish when your family moved from Jersey to St. Louis. Oh yeah, that be about it was, right? uh, yeah, yeah. Fifth grade was my first full year in school there. So gotcha. yeah, right around that is when we moved. So do you, uh, mid mid nineties? Yeah. Do you consider? Jersey home or St. Louis home because of the because of the age. I'm curious because we have a couple of relatives. I mean, they're Abalas and Moranos all over the, the country now, but uh, very true. Th- there are a lot of them in different states and some, depending on the age, regard Jersey as home and others regard the place they moved to out of state as home. So I'm kind of curious where you land on that, because you were certainly young enough to where you consider St. Louis to be where you grew up. That's but maybe true. Consider Jersey. So is. Have you given any thought to that? Is there a definitive I've frustrated answer? a lot of people with this question before <laughs> because of this. Because, yeah, of course, I'm gonna, of course, I'm going to claim the East Coast. You know what I mean? I was, mm. I was in St. Louis from about the age of 10 to 18. So mm. people would say that. But, I mean, the roots are all there. You know, when people, people ask me, what are your favorite sports teams and stuff? You know, when you're learning about sports, you're five, six, seven years old. So, of course, I love the Yankees and the Knicks and the Giants and everything else like that. So, yeah, of course. I just say from the East Coast, yeah. I got you. Okay. There was a period of time in New Jersey. There was also a period of time in New York where we lived before that's the St. Right. Louis move happened. Yeah, 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 that's right. There was that little window of time. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So I did a little bit of that and then uh, was in St. Louis and then 
went to college just down the road in Columbia, Missouri. So a lot of time there, but you know, now approaching 35 here, I've bounced around enough in, in my, in my days. That's okay though. So it's all part of the journey, which I, I, I like it. Actually, I like it more than I, I like that more than I thought I would. The, the moving around, the part. moving around part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why that's kind of what I'm, I'm interested in because the, there are so many different levels of of hosting and broadcasting and the kind of work you do. Like right now, you're doing sports-oriented work. You're doing commentary. Yeah. You're doing recaps, things like that. Mm-hmm. Your last long-term gig in uh, Springfield, Missouri was right. co-hosting early morning show. Morning news, buddy. Yeah, morning oh, yeah. news. Yeah. And uh, you've had a, a wide variety in these 13 years of, of mm-hmm. things you've done. And I guess my, my first... Well, my second question, now that we've established you, you identify with the East Coast, you self-identify <laughs> as an East Coaster, yeah. is how did you get turned on to broadcasting and hosting? Like, what is it that first brought that to your attention or at least made you look at it and say, hmm, I think I'm interested in that direction? Man, I was so bad at sports, just unbelievably <laughs> bad at sports. And, and there was no, not really a future there, but I loved them so much, you know, so I was in high school, actually. I was 16 when I wanted to figure this out. And I kind of, what drew me in is not why I'm in it now, you know. And uh, it's just that I was 16, uh, just looking for things to do out, extracurriculars around school and stuff. And I saw something that said, hey, want to be on TV? Want to do this? Want to do that? Join this thing. And it was like a, a basically, time I think it was just starting up, a broadcast group, a broadcast class. And it wasn't an actual class. It was all outside of school sort of stuff. And I learned about interviewing and doing a story and it aired on the community public access channel. You know what I mean? Ah. So we did that. And that was my introduction to it at 16. And I thought, you know, that's what are you a junior in in high school then Mm -hmm. or so? And I thought, this is a nice path that I want to follow because the more I got into it, and that this has followed followed me all the way through, the less I want to see myself on TV, the more I just like being around interesting stuff or doing fun stories and things like that. You know? mm-hmm. So I got into it because I thought, oh, TV, that's cool. But I realized how the inner workings of it, of news and sports stories and things are what I've really fallen in love with. And that, that stuck with that. And I got lucky. You know, how many people did you know back in the high school days where they're just like, I'm going to college. I don't know what to do. And oh, at 16, almost I thought, everybody. this is the career path. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's normal to do that. Right? It is. So. Yeah. No, everybody goes to college and thinks they're going to figure that out. And then they end up getting yeah. a degree in something. And then at 22, have to decide <laughs> what they're going to do anyway. <laughs> then, yeah. And the degree Definitely. will will be nothing. Will be uh, will be worth less than the frame it's hanging in on the wall. Very so, true. So I chase that and uh, still still chasing it now, I guess. So say. did you do communications in college? Was that your major or was there a broadcasting major? Uh, yeah, there was a, a broadcast journalism major at the University of Missouri um, mm. because the, the school there actually owns the NBC affiliate in that TV market. Ah, so you cut your teeth basically on that local affiliate. And it was it was funny. That school way back in the day, the reason it's it's a highly regarded journalism school is because way back when the university bought the NBC station. And the FCC realized we can't have a bunch of kids doing our news. Like we can't have other colleges doing this or anything. So there's a rule now that colleges and universities can't purchase television stations. Ah, boo. But Missouri was grandfathered in there. So you definitely do that. And you're just learning. I mean, I'm terrified if I were to find any of my 2007 work, you know what I mean? (laughs) And see what that looks like. 
Um, and you definitely would run into people if you're at a game covering it or anything else. You'll run into people and say, we watch you guys for the errors. And it's <laughs> all a part of it. All a part of it. So <laughs> it's ugly, but it, it gets by. And, and I think uh, I don't think I would be where I am if not for the school. I did learn some some stuff that was very valuable, you know, getting into that. It's funny you mentioned the the error part because that's something that I noticed is I mean it's inevitable. I certainly yeah. make them and don't always have the always. the safety net of editing them out afterwards. Or sometimes <clears throat> it's just well it happens. I mean everybody fumfers around in conversation. There just isn't a yep. recorded document of it, so it's not that odd if you know my brain is moving faster than my mouth or something like that, <laughs> um, or if I use the wrong word or you know something uh is grammatically wrong. Yeah, but. It's funny. I was actually wondering if you have any memorable flubs because oh, the, gosh, the big yeah. thing, the big thing now, which I've noticed, and there's a montage of them on, you know, a lot of shows is uh, and has been for the last, geez, almost four months now. But uh, there's been a lot of people who have when trying to refer to the January 6th insurrection, keep referring it as inciting an erection and which, oh. different context there. But there's. <laughs> There's a lot of super cuts you can find of people saying erection instead of insurrection. And yeah. I think, wow, my heart. I mean, as funny as it is, my heart does go out to those people because I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that does say something. I mean, t two very different words, but close enough that yeah. th there could be th there's enough overlap that you can uh, mess it up. And, uh, you know, those people are just insanely embarrassed. But have you had any flubs that were just like, ugh, that one time I did such and such? It's so funny because now. It's kind of, I've not had anything that bad recently. And now it's, there's always another newscast or a sportscast. So you mm. always just got to push through. Right. But the first, my first two times on air in my first full time job stick with me because they, because I'm 22, I'm by myself. I'm uh, trying to figure this out. I had this big, intimidating boss who actually is a great friend and just a hard worker, but I just wanted to impress this guy. And my first time on air, I was about to do the sports cast, first one ever, you know, as a paid employee of a TV station. I was in Quincy, Illinois. This is after college, got my start there. And I was about to go on. It was just two or three minutes of sports highlights, which is by now I had done for a little bit in college and I was ready to go. But all of a sudden, my nose got so plugged up as I was talking and I just sounded so nasally during it <laughs> that after I fought through it and finished it, I kept trying to snitch out of it. I'm going to thank our rough uh, genes for that one, our genetics. Oh, yeah. You and, we, you we and me both. Those sinuses, the Abalo sinuses are. <laughs> yeah, so this happened, and Tell my coworker brought it up. She's like, you're a little, little stuffed up, a little okay over there. And I was like, ah, and I was so embarrassed there. And then uh, my the next night, I was doing another one, and my my boss was in to shoot some local high school basketball highlights. Big deal in, in Illinois, big basketball highlight-driven state, you know? Mm. And he was writing me the sheet. Whenever you're doing highlights, you have the play, you have a script that's either in your teleprompter or that you're reading off of. And this guy wrote me the sheet to call the, the highlights. And this guy's handwriting was so sloppy that uh, I was trying to figure this out. And, you know, you know, you, usually if you watch SportsCenter or anything else, you'll see there's highlights and then maybe a close-up of the coach highlights and then maybe the shot of the player big right. play and so there was a cutaway to a, a baby in the stands at this game eating some animal crackers and the script said that he gave me was that this game was more entertaining than these animal crackers this kid's eating like it was a it was a funny line 
but I couldn't read it. And I was getting behind because the highlights don't stop. You just right. keep up. And, I, and all of a sudden in the middle of my highlights, I just go better than animal crackers. <laughs> said it like that. <laughs> what is happening? So embarrassing. And the one, uh, the, the perk to being older, or I guess mid thirties now in this business is back then no news is on YouTube back then. So right. all that is buried and gone. And I don't think ever could be seen again because Back then, even the, the the full air checks of newscasts that are saved within the station are only mm-hmm. saved so long before they're they're gone. So this is true. those are the two my first two days. Just thought, all right, I'll be fired and out on my out on my rear in a few months here. But uh, we fought through. But those first two times always stick with. Well, that's good. You got, you got it out of your system. On the internet. Got it out of your system right away, so that way yeah. it's it's all uphill from here. <laughs> that's basically how I looked at it. Yeah, I mean. Might as well, especially because the idea that there's a record of a local sports broadcast from, you know, 2007, uh, mm-hmm. probably unlikely. So I, I think you're in the clear unless somebody hears this and, and, and digs it up. Yeah, yeah. Now, now we know. They're like, look for Joe Morano's Animal Crackers reel. They're like, uh oh. There's errors of me out there for sure. But oh, for sure. Well, when you're doing hours a day, as you've done, you know, you've done the, the five day week gig. Mm-hmm. it's going to happen. It is inevitable. And you kind of just need to push through it. I mean, I still, right. sometimes I still catch myself, but I'm also, I mean, listen, I don't do a, a five day week real show like you have. I, you know, some people do, you know, this, this candy ass one hour a week business, not like you <laughs> who's actually at it five days a week. So, you know, I, I can't really say anything as far as myself. I don't have the reps that you have it when it comes to broadcasting, but <laughs> There's uh there are still times where I'll stop myself or realize I said something wrong and like, oh, uh, uh, and then it'll just trip me up enough that I feel like oh, I, I lost the flow. That's it. It's gone. So, yeah, yeah I'm, <laughs> I still try to push through that myself. So uh, I, I get that. But um, so there it was. So it came from a love of sports, maybe not playing them <laughs> as much as the career was short. Hosting it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was that. And then just re- the more I did that, the more I realized and, and they teach you this at at school too and it's, this goes beyond missouri really any college like if you're in this because you want to see yourself on billboards or something like that you're in it for the wrong reason totally and they explain the importance of telling stories and things like that and and i really took to that so so it's that's the yeah that's why i've done it and still love it yeah so was that the first post-college gig was then doing sports right out of the yes. gate it, it was that because that was always sports was the passion Going right in line with um, how, you know, nothing's on YouTube back then. Mm. That was also, there was not as nearly as much media and it wasn't that long ago. It's just things move so quick now. Like an iPhone was barely out when I graduated school, right? I think so that, the yeah, pod- the first one was 2007. Yeah. Yeah. So the podcast app was something that if it existed, no one knew what it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So coming out of school, it definitely was like, I have a broadcast degree. I'm going to go try and find a job in a local television market. I was 22, probably looked like I was 18. So (laughs) you got to, you know, and they all say this, you got to start small, regardless of your look, it's the experience as well. So graduated in 08 in the spring and then getting a job's tough, the recession. Yeah. Hell of a time to have to go out and get into, (laughs) start a new career. My my first day in the business, I believe was January 2nd, 2009. So that's ah. when I started it and did Quincy, Illinois, just two hours up the road from where I went to college and St. Louis, where 
uh, my parents and Mike, my younger brother, still are. So, so it wasn't too far away. It was, it was good. It was a grind, but it was definitely learning that, you know, like most people and things, I'm convinced college colleges have a lot of a uh, lot of nice bells and whistles when it comes to anything you're studying in college. Then when you get out of the uh, the donor led buildings with the equipment and things like that, you see how things really are. You yeah, know? exactly. So you yeah. learned a lot more in that first chap for sure. Right. Yeah. You're in the, in the, the college bubble for a while yeah. where you have yeah, resources yeah. and then you get out and actually have to get a job and you realize, Oh, wait a minute. We're broadcasting out some dudes closet <laughs> or the top floor of their, <laughs> their two family home. This is okay. This is a little just saying, yeah, less. you got a lot of donors that'll say, here's a nine figure check for things. You know what I mean? And then I go to my first job and, they're owned by companies and things like that. You don't have donors coming in. So when my camera's held together with a piece of duct tape, you're just like, eh, part of the course. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. It's right? like, that, like that beyond TV and everything, you know? When I was going to school out in, in California back in 2006, that was around the time yeah. George Lucas had donated like $10 million or something like that to the USC film department. So people going wow. there thought, oh, this is great. Making movies is fun. Look how easy this is. <laughs> yeah, it's not because... Once you're out of school, you don't have all those resources at your disposal. It's very much your budget is your bank account. Basically, yeah, you're lucky if it's hand to mouth. It's like I can't feed right. anybody. We got one bag of Cheetos. I was hoping this would last me the week, but <laughs> we're all going to have to share for the yeah. next 10 hours. But yeah, so it is interesting the way that it all kind of uh, you have to learn very, very much on the job. Yeah, definitely. When it comes to doing it, which that in and of itself and we were talking about this a little bit before we got started, but I feel like there's a cynicism when it comes to hosting where people think, oh, what's the big deal? You can get in there and you can I can read that or I can I can do, you know, if Michael Strahan can do it. I can do it, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah, I feel like there's yeah. there's this idea that it's somehow easy. But reading copy and reading a teleprompter <laughs> in real time on camera mm -hmm. is yeah. a whole other animal. <laughs> Than people think it is because it really is a skill. Not everybody can do it. So, it's tough. It's and there's just so much beyond that too that happens. You know, mm. it's it's a matter of if you're usually very rarely, especially today, are the jobs where the guy comes in, reads his thing, and goes home. That's what everyone thinks, right? Right. But you know, just did did a we do a thirty minute sports show here every night in Charlotte. But the co anchor and myself are the guys putting it on. You know, if mm -hmm. I was at work there. So we're producing and editing that video and writing that script and right. making sure that it's all in in time and everything else. So you got to be able to do that and be ready by the time that red light goes on. So it's a lot of that. And then you're also sort of producing in your head. You're saying, OK, this highlights going a little long. We've got because you're up against breaks. You're up against interview times that you got to hit and things like that. Right. So it's there's so much that goes into it. So even if you're good. At maybe maybe you think of witty lines in a highlight because someone had a great dunk or something like that. The job that's like four percent of the job is calling that. There's so much else that goes into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All of the 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 meetings leading up to it, all of the, yeah. the preparation, mm -hmm. and then staying after because you got another show the next day. That's the other thing too. The 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 grind element of it. I don't necessarily mean that in a in a negative way. It's yeah. just the idea of having to do it day in and day out. Everybody thinks you can show up and read off a teleprompter and go home, but that's not how right. most jobs work. Maybe if you're in, you know, like one of the uh, a show in a major city and you're a you know more of a star, or if you're you know an 
there's that national yeah. name or something like that. Maybe that's the type of job you have, but for the mm-hmm. average broadcaster, not how it goes at all. You you need to actually know how to handle various mm-hmm. levels of exactly. what it is you're doing, all the different ways of you know how the how the sauce is made, so to speak. <laughs> I was covering some football the other day because they're playing spring seasons because fall, COVID, everything else. Right, right. And yeah, and it was more than just me on the football field saying, this guy ran through these defenders, scored four touchdowns. You know, I was there recording the game, shooting it, editing the highlights on my laptop, and then making sure that's been in time. So, yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, but it's fun. You got to turn it around, too. Like, you need to take the footage and be like, I got to have this ready to go by broadcast deadlines are rough but yeah once that time hits it's there you gotta go yeah the time's coming whether you're ready for it or not so (laughs) yeah so that's it it. Mm -hmm. but yeah i I feel like there's this idea like that everybody could just kind of host because they see you know when when you have somebody i mean certainly doing live sports or doing you know a morning news show is Mm -hmm. a whole different animal than say hosting a game show which is kind of its own set of skills which (laughs) This this kid was my favorite intern. All right. But I had this intern once whenever I had interns come in, every, everyone likes sports anchoring. They're they're interested in, in seeing. And because a lot of interns do think that I thought that, too, I'm not it's not no fault to them. But, you know, there's so much that happens beyond just popping on TV and doing the stuff. So whenever I got an intern, when I was doing uh, different sports and different stations, I would always ask them, what's your goal here? What do you want to do? And if they tell me. I want to be on the Today Show or I want to be on Sports Center or things like that. I would explain to them, you're going to find out what they do is not real life. That's the that's the very small minority. And maybe you can get to that level, but not without years of doing a grind of work and other things. And so there's one sure. intern. I asked him, what do you want to do? What's your ultimate goal? And he's like, I mean, I think it'd be great to just be a game show host one day. And I started laughing. I'm like, everyone <laughs> wants that job. Everyone knows game show hosts work four days a year yeah you record all the shows and then you go home right like listen kid go become a celebrity and then you'll get to host a game show because <laughs> it's also moving it's also moving to that i think don't you think because I, I was reading uh alex trebek's autobiography mm-hmm. and and pat sajak is among this too they were not celebrities or actors or things they were people that were brought in broadcasting and things like exactly. that exactly they have to do that now, I feel like anytime you see a new game show coming out, I think Dwayne Wade is hosting a game show, you know, and anytime <laughs> yeah. there's a host for something else, it's a comedian or an actor or something else. So I think those days as broadcasters that turn into that are, are probably going away. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them were, were announcers or radio guys like Dick Clark. I mean, that's before he was yeah. on TV. He was a radio guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're a lot of these different announcers. And I, I believe Alex Trebek was as well. I know he did some hosting and, and whatnot up in he Canada. He'd done a couple yeah. of shows. But yeah, there was announcers, broadcasters. There wasn't wasn't so much about a a personality. Whereas now, yeah, when there's a new game show, it's hosted by Jamie Foxx or Alec Baldwin or you know somebody like that. Right. And that's that's definitely way more common than you're right picking people who are known for being broadcasters. But at the same time, I don't know that there are those national voices. In part because I don't know that there are personalities on the radio. I mean, people always talk to me about like, so are you going to do radio? And I'm thinking, well, I don't know. There's not really. There's a really personality driven radio where a lot of people tune in to hear. I mean, I don't know if that anybody under 25 is listening to broadcast radio at all in the first place. I don't know if anyone's listening to FM radio, but I don't think right. there are those personalities where you would tune in because you want to hear. Such and such a, a host or, you know, somebody's show 
Yeah. And you're not necessarily turn, tuning in for the music either because everybody's just streaming the same 40 songs that they listen to all the time. Anyway, that's in their Spotify playlist or something. So I just said, I don't know that there are going to be those personalities in the future where people are going to mm-hmm. tune into anything to see a host. Whereas a celebrity, somebody who you've seen in the movies or on TV anyway, you're more keen yeah. to check out a show because Jamie Foxx is hosting it or Craig Ferguson's mm-hmm. hosting it or whoever, because you know that person. That's definitely it. It's got to be right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think I think that shifted is, a lot. Is Seacrest the last of those people that did that? Like the guy went out to L.A. to try and cut it and got in on American Idol. Yeah. Uh, he was was he doing anything of massive note before that? You know, he, he yeah, was, that's a good question. What I would say is it, I think it's, he's like average guy turned game show host turned mega Who's, celeb. And right. Now, anytime these shows come out, it's always hosted by insert big name here. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. He he may be the last example of that. And incidentally, he also has all the jobs. So I'm um, that that's something does. as well. Oh my god, <laughs> that dude works nineteen jobs. Which again, you know, all due respect to him. As much as people want to kind of mock the uh, his, mm, I don't want to say it's it's generic, but let's say uh, unremarkable. You know, that <laughs> personality and that. Yeah. But that's yeah. not really the job either. And that's the thing with the game show host too is that you can't really. Yeah. You know, as much as you can have Drew Carey and Wayne Brady host game shows, <laughs> they're not the star. The contestant needs to be the star. So yeah. you can't let too much of your personality come out in that. So it, it is also, you know, that that's why they still can go out and do stand up and things like that, because they still need to do something. So it's not mm-hmm. even, you know, it's, it's not entirely like, hey, everybody, it's Drew Carey in The Price is Right. It's The <laughs> Price is Right is the show. People are tuning in for it. the show. They're not right. tuning in necessarily because of Drew Carey. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, what a gig. I mean, they, that show in particular, they do, I think, Monday, Tuesday, they shoot two shows. And I think it's three weeks on and one week off. Something crazy yeah, like that. Yeah, that so, schedule is just nuts to me. How it, they it do is. that. and Man. Yeah, or even I, the, the shows, like the original shows on like Game Show Network. And I've been to a few of those tapings uh, yeah, without yeah. revealing. I don't know if I signed an NDA and how long those things go for. But I've been paid audience for a couple of those shows back as a... As a, as a starving artist out in in Los Angeles, and yeah, they they will tape four shows a day, and mm-hmm. they'll get them all a year's worth done in like six weeks. So that's unbelievable. To, yeah, man. and who doesn't want that job? Because not only are you freedom <laughs> to do more work, but it's like I got that that gig's in the can. That's great. Yeah. My, my presence will be on TV for the next year. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I really don't think there are broadcasters like Ryan Seacrest where. They can step into a job and be become a, a personality and be known for that. I think you're right. He may be the last of that breed. Right. You know, and incidentally ended up kind of uh, inheriting the throne of Dick Clark. But at the same time, who else kind of would have? There's really nobody you can point to who would have done that type of work where, you know, like I said, he's just all the TV jobs and still doing this radio show and, and everything. Right. Else. It's crazy. Although I think you might be the only person you and I are probably the last two people who have not guest hosted Jeopardy. So, I mean, they're running through it, man. Yeah, I I realized that you're, you know, you just stepped into this new job. But like, is that on the table for you? Would you consider doing something like that? Should should I I said that on the I said that on the air once. Oh, yeah. Offense to the current employer. But I I said, (laughs) let a regular guy do it. You know, totally. Just try that out. Maybe go back to that. And, I, you know, it's not going to happen. I'm sure that they're going to look at Joe Buck or somebody, you know, well, to, yeah, that's, that's where it goes. Sort of Katie Couric. I mean, there are a bunch of those names floated out for people who are, mm-hmm. who are known. I mean, we certainly, people yeah. know who they are. They're household names, 
Right. But at least they can do the job as opposed to getting something like, you know, somebody like Ken Jennings, let's say, who's not a broadcaster, was a gotcha. contestant who's well known. Mm-hmm. Or I'm mean, people been pushing for LeVar Burton, that he would be a great host. But I don't know. I mean, look, you're you're 35. You could be doing this for 40 years. I, I think <laughs> we need to make it happen. You got you want to do a quick intro for Jeopardy and, and show up in case you know, we never know who's watching or listening. <laughs> Well, is that the voiceover or is that the, what, what should I No, say? the on camera. All right, I'll go first because yeah. why not? Like, <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Chris Abalo. Welcome to Jeopardy, the show where we give you the answers and you guess the questions. Let's meet our contestants. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to come bad. up with some phony banter, but that kind of thing. So, yeah, give us yeah. give us one of those. Try it out. How do we do this? Let's see. I, you know, would you do a little trot out, a little run out? Maybe I would do that. Bring some excitement, some energy to it. Yeah, there you go. Hey, everyone. Welcome on back to Jeopardy. You know the drill. We give you the answers. The guests give us the questions, and they take home the cash. Oh, see? Look at that. See? Hire this guy. What a pro. Not bad. No, not at all. Just That's... give me an audition, guys. That's all I'm saying. Right. Bring in somebody who then could be associated with. I mean, look, Alex Trebek had been working for a while, but people know him as the Jeopardy guy. True. Why can't Joe Morano be the Jeopardy guy? <laughs> just to just go for a re- go after a regular guy, see what happens with a little broadcast background. Yeah, right. Yeah, go go after a broadcaster or an announcer. That would be cool. Um, or even like That's the it. Bachelor, they're they're having trouble. That host isn't a little bit of hot water right now. I mean, can, I don't know if you, we need to get into that, but yeah, I get it. I mean, no, are you, but, that, but are you willing to count roses? Are you up for that gig? <laughs> I would try that gig out for sure. I've done news and sports. I would branch into that world. Branch into rose coming. Match, matchmaker. Is that it? I don't know. Ladies, this uh, is the final rose. Yeah. Are you, willing to, are you willing to be trapped in a resort for six weeks with a bunch, oh, of, you know what? With a bunch of maniacs? I've <laughs> barely seen that show. But yeah, there's a lot of it does seem like they have like the host has to get in on a lot of like, look, Jeff, it's OK. I know. And then Jeff's <laughs> crying, whether that's fake or not. And they're like, I got to go after her. OK, never mind. I couldn't do that No. Paycheck would be nice, but it would be. Uh, well, that's the thought, and at the same time, you're then known as the Bachelor guy, so that's the yeah. trade-off. It's like, that guy I, used to be a sports broadcaster, right? Like a local news sports broadcaster, exactly. So. And now he's you know had to had to go give an opinion on something, and now he's in hot water because again, you can't let your personality shine through. <laughs> so, geez, yeah. now what do we do? We are and yeah. and does that color it for everybody else like yourself? Where it's well, we can't get a person who's just a broadcaster because uh, you never know if they're right. going to shoot their mouth off in know. an interview about antebellum parties, which the correct answer is like, I don't think about them at all. <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> only answer you should give. What a great gig. But um, yeah, like, I don't know if Jeff Probst ever got past the just being the survivor guy. I think that was uh, he hosted his, Rock and Roll Jeopardy. Remember that? He did, which was great. But uh, yeah, there is always <laughs> that association. But at the same time, what a, what a great gig to be able to do that for. I mean, Alex Trebek literally did it until about six days before he died just was yeah, able to show up and host was... jeopardy and that's that's kind of cool there is the part of me that thinks yeah why would you retire what are you gonna do it's only so much golf you can play what's he gonna watch game so, shows like other retired people do he's spent his career court gig it. on yeah. the bench till you go there is a part of that there's something to that like there's that sort of show i wouldn't blame bob barker did it till probably late 70s um or maybe into his 80s. I can't remember how long Drew Carey's right. been on the prices right now. But he did that. That sort of thing I could definitely do. There's other things I see people do and I don't get. Tony LaRussa has been out of baseball for 10 years. I mean, outside of coaching and in the game like that. Mm. And just got hired to be the White Sox manager this year at 76. 
Yeah. Our president, also in his mid-70s. Guys, I want to coast when I'm in my 70s. <laughs> if I'm hosting Jeopardy, I'll gladly do that. But I don't think I need to make decisions on the country or whether to pinch hit for my catcher because he's struggling and knowing that fans and livelihoods are depending on it. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah I hope to not be doing that. Myself. That's more weight than I want to carry. I mean, if yeah. I'm if I'm still doing one hour a week, there's a part of me that will be sad about it. <laughs> if in forty <laughs> if in forty years th- this is still what I'm up to, it's like, hey, everybody, and hitting you up, just be like, so you got a real job? What's it like? But um, <laughs> so I love th- the podcast stuff though. It, it is it is cool because it's opened up. I mean, there is no barrier to entry, so there is a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of muck to wade through. And look, I'm not going to say uh, you know that this show's not top 10 yet but you have your own muck i'm not yeah exactly yeah i got my own little <laughs> muck and people who are willing to jump into the muck and, and play around with me but um <laughs> but it, it you're right though all of these media jobs that didn't exist which is why even when it comes to doing something like what you're doing or me doing this you know in addition to other things i'm working on you know other uh, career ambitions mm-hmm. yeah these jobs didn't exist 15 years ago when you graduated college there wasn't like podcast hosts or sports oriented podcasts. I mean, every fall it's all fantasy football podcasts or every top 10. Unbelievably that, that, popular. Yeah. That wasn't a job even 10 years ago. That's something that's come along really in the last few years. And it's just caught right. fired where it's huge. So who's to know kind of what the next type of job is going to be and how things are going to evolve, how the technology is going to evolve. I mean, it's, it's the same with like streaming every streaming company. There's more than anybody can keep track of and they all have their own original stuff. Yeah, somebody's got to write it. Somebody's got to star in it or host it or whatever. And yeah, you you kind of don't know. So the idea is to just basically be open, which is why I mean, yeah. obviously I'm half kidding, but half serious when it comes to something like Jeopardy. But the reality is, yeah, you kind of do need to be open to those kinds of opportunities for sure. Which is incidentally, how did you make the move then from doing sports broadcasting into the morning show? That, that transition is more common than I than you think. That's not necessarily too much of new ground. And and what I did was so I was in Quincy, Illinois, for a little under three years, and then I got another sports job in Myrtle Beach, actually. So spent mm. about five years out on the beach. Fantastic times, not bad at all. But could be worse. You know, you, could be, yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. You could be dying of heat stroke in Arizona and you're in Myrtle Beach. Not too bad. Oh man, it was good. Just nice beach nights there, hanging out after a tough night or a good night, either or. Um, did that for five years though, and, and I did whatever I could do. You know, I was trying to do something different or trying to do more, and and I, I felt like my cup was filled there, so to speak. Did a mm. lot of fun stuff. Uh, covered NCAA tournaments, the College World Series, the nice. local stories. It was Myrtle Beach, so there was always celebrities coming in for golf tournaments and things like that. True, and it was always fun to sort of talk with them and get their opinion on things. and And they were always willing to talk. You didn't have to TMZ them, you know what I mean, and, and pop <laughs> yeah. up and just say, "Yeah, what do you think about?" Like they're there to answer questions and have fun. So it was a good time out there, just cool. looking for the next thing. And I thought that I wanted to stick around in sports and and those jobs in the local TV station world are shrinking a little bit because of all the new technology. You know, you, there are so many podcasters or people that are just online anchors for saying, Hey, this basketball game just ended. Let's bring you the highlights right now. You know, it used to be 
I used to learn of this, or I was, I adjusted this within my career. It used to be like, hey, the Yankees were in action today against Boston. When we come back, we'll tell you what happened. You know what I mean? And and your teases like that even have to change because of Twitter and ESPN alerts or Facebook or anything else. Right. Everyone knows the score. So you got to maybe try and one up that. Say, hey, the Yankees are facing Boston. You got to see this play that Aaron judgment, you know, or you have to do something like that to try and shift that because yeah, everyone, people. people know the score when they're watching. They just want to see see exactly what happened if they didn't already look at it on their phone right and and sports is the only thing that people are tuning into in real time now everything else everybody's watching on demand or dvring or or whatever yeah so sports is kind of the last area of entertainment slash broadcasting where Mm -hmm. people are actually watching it live because they want to know but they're also watching it on their phone and like you said keeping up with the scores on twitter and Mm -hmm. the updates and even just having Twitter accounts that are dedicated to bringing you plays that just happened. Somebody's got a gif yeah. of whatever, you know, 60 yard <laughs> touchdown run was made <laughs> just 11 seconds before somebody's got a gif of it and it's already making its way around okay. Twitter. And how do you compete gift, with it? Right. Yeah. How do you compete with that? How do you try to hook people right. so they stick around to watch your broadcast? So, yeah, mm-hmm. I could totally see how that would have been adjusted anyway. Well, sorry, now that I'm back in the sports world, I do like to try and dig into stats or maybe just interesting facts like, oh, this hasn't happened since 2005 for this team. I mm-hmm. try and find that information that people might not know. I think, oh, okay, this guy's bringing a little something extra to it. Right. You know? So I do that. Anyway, so that, that is what's been happening there. And actually what, what first started this, we were covering in Myrtle Beach, um, Hurricane Matthew. And that was a big one in the Carolinas, at least. And they just said, uh, everyone, like, Myrtle Beach is evacuated, but our station is still at work because we're a news organization. It's what you got to do. So right. it was all hands on deck. And that was some of the most fun I've had. But we were actually on air for 22 straight hours, I think, Whew. giving that info and updates. And we had, at the time, I was just driving around, getting footage, maybe doing some field reports, just chipping in how I could because I was primarily doing sports coverage then. So, but it was 22 hours, we had six anchors at our tv station one of them was in mexico just like on vacation and another was on a cruise on vacation as this happened <laughs> so they were short staff four anchors going 22 hours straight so i kept telling my boss put me on there i can you know sports is a lot of ad-libbing or doing stuff on the fly like i can do this and she never did ah. and whatever but then after that she did say hey uh why don't you Fill, they needed a fill-in on the weekend news anchoring, and I tried that out. I liked it more than I thought I would. And so then I thought, okay, maybe this is something I want to go through. And I and I started looking at some morning show jobs, and Springfield, Missouri had one where I had a lot of mutual connections. Being in the business, it's a small broadcast industry world. You, everyone knows someone. I know this person, but they also work. We both worked with this person. Right. So, like it's, it's a so, it's a smaller business than people think it it could yeah be. so my so the general manager at this station in springfield remembered me from the quincy illinois days and said oh mm. this is a good guy let's do it and i wanted to try the morning show because i, I just feel news is tough i, I did sports because it's lighthearted. i like it a lot same with the morning show versus the evening news and i know a lot of people say the news is upsetting and depressing unfortunately that's the world we're in right now Totally. You know, things are happening and you got to educate them on this. 
in my opinion, I always just thought the morning, you can at least, no one wants to wake up like that. So you have that news, but you also have a lot of, you have interviews or maybe cooking segments or things like that. And it's a lot of fun. So I wanted to try that part of it out. So that's why, that's what got my interest. And I was trying to look to move on from Myrtle Beach as well. So they came calling and said, hey, why don't you try this out? And I thought, this is a big shift because I, I love the Southeast. And I thought, go back to the Midwest, fine, leaving sports. Eh. And then setting that alarm at 2.15 in the morning. Oh. <laughs> Another big one. So, But I did it. And it, was, <laughs> and it was great. It was fun. I was told that I was not pleasant to be around up until 5 a.m. I mean, who is, if we're being honest? <laughs> I mean, somebody is, but they're in an institution somewhere. So <laughs> exactly, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take that too much to heart because I, I couldn't it was, imagine. It was weird. It was my first and only in this business Monday through Friday job, but I still like every day by about four o'clock I had to be like, all right, about time for dinner. Gotta call my uh-huh. grandpa. Maybe he's eating dinner at that time <laughs> <Right>. as well. <laughs> he's so, in his nineties. He's probably eating dinner. So at about four o'clock, it was always like the wind down of like, all right, I got to make sure I'm doing this to be in bed at a certain time. And sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. It was. Yeah. It yeah. was wild, man. It was it was pretty crazy. But see, that's good. And I remember having this this discussion with you. Uh, I guess it was back. We saw each other Christmas of 2018 because, yeah, mm-hmm. the idea of. The world we're in, you know, yeah. the world we were in in 2018, the world we're in 2021. Yeah, the right. news can be very, very heavy. And it the is. idea of being able to do a morning show where you are covering top stories, you are getting the the larger headlines along with mm-hmm. co- you know some local coverage, but the idea that you also are able to break that up with fluff. And I don't mean that in a pejorative, but that right. you're doing a cooking segment or you can say like, well, today Oreo released, released four new cream flavors and <laughs> we're going to try them. Which is fine. I mean, that's the stuff I would do with my friends on, you know, my little show. And mm-hmm. because it's it's just fun and it's lighthearted and it doesn't need to be something that's heavy. So I think that's good as much as it's not, you know, hard nosed journalism. You're right. Nobody wants to wake up and hear all that. Everybody yeah. wants to have something lighter. Everybody wants to start the day with being informed as mm-hmm. far as certainly what's most important. But the idea of having something a little easier to start the day off. Yeah, th- those shows exactly. Those shows do that job, and I think and it's... people, no matter what people will say or poke fun at for anchors doing whatever and stuff like that, people do like that content. They like a little chuckle, even if it's just a little laugh. If you comment on the ridiculous potato chip flavor that's happening, you know, <laughs> right. or we would have a pet come in every week that needs to be adopted. You know? Oh, that was a wildly successful segment. People for sure. would call in and say, "I would like to take that cat home," you know. So it was, and you have the time to do it because a two-hour morning show or a lot of stations have longer than that. So you you don't just want to keep hitting them with, oh yeah, this bombing happened overseas, and you know you don't want to keep doing that. So it yeah. is. There's, I mean, there's definitely research that says that that sort of that sort of stuff helps. Right, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, the the idea of having something like that, I would get why, as opposed to going into more straightforward news. I get mm-hmm. the appeal of you doing that and saying, wow, right. this is, I mean, while the hours might not be mm, ideal <laughs> for somebody, right. for somebody around 30, like I need to be up when, but, <laughs> but the idea, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a couple of years older than you. And the idea of having to get, be up even at five o'clock, let alone be on air is, yeah, I, I yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It I'm, was... I'm worn out just thinking about getting up at five in the morning. 
I remember getting trained my first full week doing that shift. Mm. And you kind of got to kind of learn the ins and outs because, again, you're not just showing up at 450, getting ready and reading and going home. Right. Not that at all. You're reading the scripts, you're editing them, you're editing the video, you're making sure everything's in place and doing all that. Sure. I was training, just trying to learn how to do all those sorts of things. And I remember falling asleep doing this as my boss was explaining, this is how this program works. I'm like, it was tough. But, uh, you know, once your body adjusts, then it's not bad. It's weird on weekends when you wake up at 8 a.m. and you're just like, ah, go back to bed, man. Yeah. Like I just, I can sleep till 10. It's fine. Yeah, my body yeah. won't let me it knows yeah. well, and and that's the thing with the gig like that that certainly does run your your life and your schedule is so much of it's based on that early morning right right yeah which is tough it's tough to be personable first thing in the morning for anybody so to have to get on tv and <laughs> you know put on the big smile and say good morning everybody is I would, five days sometimes sometimes i struggled with that because i would sometimes you just get so into it and it's it's your life to just you work, you go home, you're tired, but you want to stay up because if you nap in the middle of the day, then you're up too late. Yeah. And, you're not. and so I would get in the next day sometimes and just think, you know, whenever we start the show or the newscast, you always want to maybe give an anecdote, something like that, you know, and at the time, you know, not married, I didn't have kids, I didn't have a dog that did something funny at the dog park, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just sat and put on TV to make sure I was awake. And there were some days where I'm like, I got to think of something to talk about here right. because my life was pretty boring outside of it, but it was, it was funny coming up with that, but it's again, the, the benefit of that type of show, just bring up whatever you want and show off your personality a little bit more. You know? Yeah. And, and that's it too. You actually do get to show a little bit of personality, inject your personality into some of the segments and have some fun. And frankly, I think the the team that you had that you're working with on that show in Springfield the, the most recent one prior to you leaving, I think it was the, the best team yet. I just feel like the dynamic was really, really good because I saw, obviously, in New Jersey, I'm not mm-hmm. going to see clips locally, but because <laughs> of your social media and following the network and right. the, the various anchors and, and your co-hosts, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I really feel like that is actually a really strong group, which certainly helps. That goes a long way as far as you could tell if there's genuine chemistry or if everybody's just kind of on the clock. And definitely, it, it, it really felt like, you guys had a, a, a really strong team there at the point when you decided to take off to Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know it took my place and they're doing just fine. It's good. Yes. <laughs> He's a friend. Uh, there was one iteration of that. You change hands a lot because again, it's a lot of people are always just trying to do what's best for them. And sure. I'd say that most recent team was great. It was probably, probably the best one was when I first started Um that are meteorologists and co-anchor we all three some people you just gel with and others mm-hmm. maybe not and so but again we were we were together for only about two or three months and then the co-anchor left because she wanted to take the evening anchor job mm-hmm. for a better shift for her family she had three kids she uh-huh. had, you know so there was things like that so it was always it was always a good time and yeah it's always nice whenever you whenever you get along like that it, it makes things easier and you're conversing a little better and things you know true this is true because yeah you also oh. you you can you can fake chemistry only so much so yes for sure th- that's the other part of it is you <laughs> can't just be like you know is isn't that right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, that, that's not really gonna fly with an audience oh i'm sure there, there definitely are people mm-hmm. you could tell probably don't get along so much or uh, there's there's maybe a little bit of contention there but 
Well, being being out. in this business too, you get to know other people in the business, and mm-hmm. they you know, everyone's got different stories. So yeah, I've heard plenty of <laughs> plenty of weird ones like that. I was pretty fortunate though with uh, with the teammates that I had for that. Yeah, right. But it, it definitely is a thing that happens for sure. So at the when point then where now you're you're stepping back into doing sports, you got this new job. Mm-hmm. Was that an opportunity that was presented to you, or was it something you were looking to get back to, having put in four years doing the waking up at two fifteen and doing the morning show maybe for the first time ever it was something that i stumbled into oh, nice. because i knew a producer at the station from the myrtle beach days and they you know, like i well i said a lot of places are reducing their sports departments for the reasons we mentioned earlier right they wanted to go in the other direction and they have this they have thought we'll do a sports show 30 minutes every day it's a Fox affiliated station. So after your evening news, you don't have to go to Kimmel or Fallon or anything else. Mm. You kind of have that window. So that was a benefit of it. And they wanted to go in this other direction to say, we want to put this almost like sports talk radio on TV. You know, a lot of radio shows are broadcast on TV now. But yeah, everything is multi-formatted where yeah, all ESPN have, is is stuff that gets syndicated for radio and sent out as a podcast and everything. It's just everybody with headphones and mic. Everybody looks like me right now. <laughs> headphones on and a mic. This, and it's... Put out in every format possible, yeah. Right, but they had they had at their disposal the devices of a television station, so uh, you know some access to their own access to their own highlights of things. They want to address that. They have guests come on regularly and things, so they went in this other direction. And last fall, launched this daily thirty minute sports show. So um, they said, yeah, we need we need the help. We just need more staff members because maybe we're not telling enough stories because there's so much producing and so much. There's always got to be two co-anchors there instead of just a solo guy because you're dishing opinions back and forth and having those conversations. Right. So it was finally, and the reason that I was able to land this was because I was able to shoot my own video and edit my video and for like all those things that they all told me for years, you got to learn to do this because one day that's what they'll look for. It finally paid off. It, yeah. It finally paid off. Lo and behold, so, now all of that yeah. work has paid off. <laughs> now. So I have I was, to use these skills. I was very fortunate for that. And then the fact that they said, okay, you could do the other things. That's great. And that's always what uh, I think, you know, college is still teaching that even though when you or I got, got out of school. Yeah. Podcasts didn't ex- barely existed. Yeah. News on YouTube was just full of old TV show clips. You know what I mean? Or <laughs> yeah. like songs. That's all and music that videos. Was. Yeah. That was that? It. Yeah. Right. Now there's people making more than I would make in my life off their YouTube careers, you know, totally. So I think on a monthly basis. I think that's where it's that's where it's going toward now. Though is a lot of people are you want to be multifaceted, but learn how to podcast, learn how to edit and put it on YouTube. And as you're doing right now with this, I'm sure this is the audio that I listen to whenever you come out with these. But mm-hmm. I know that you also have clips and things, so, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's it's DIY, and at every <laughs> every level, you actually do need to have those skills. Which all the more reason mm-hmm. I'm happy to put in the reps on my end because. Yeah, right. being able to cut video, being able to edit audio, being able to prepare notes, because like I have notes up on the screen, just a couple of bullet points, nothing too thorough. Yeah. I don't have like a whole series of jokes that I'm trying to shoehorn in to our conversation <laughs> just to show how funny I am. It's yeah, you, you do need to do some prep. You need to do a little bit of, you know, post-production work, so to speak. And that's kind of the way everything goes is that that's... any job, even a job you have, yeah. which is as as a broadcaster on a Fox affiliate, you still again, you don't just show up 10 minutes before you go on air yeah. and just read the prompter. You still right. need to and, do the work. 
and I want to know what I'm talking about. There's a couple of things with that. Like I was, I was a little nervous getting into the going from sports to news because I always thought you always want to be correct, obviously. But right. if I say the Yankees won today five to three and they really won five to four, no one's coming at you for that. Yeah. But if I'm discussing a hard news topic and something happened and four people died, but really six people died, that's a big difference. You oh, know, yeah. you want to be able to get that sort of thing right. So that I was petrified of making that sort of error. And I had a boss who would always try and he always hammered home the point to us. You want to be able to confirm that sort of information because he said, I've been in this business for years. There's nothing worse than saying somebody died and then saying they didn't, you know, like yeah. that's, yeah. that's tough. So like, I was always so nervous about that sort of aspect that that fueled my preparation whenever I would come in, even if I'm, so tired at three in the morning or three thirty or four, I'm still want to read, make sure that this is looking correct. See if I heard something different, double check that sort of thing. And I've also noticed because, uh, you know, I watch a lot of there, uh, interviews are a big part of the morning show or the sports show. A lot of these things mm-hmm. there's, I could definitely now tell the difference between when somebody did their prep for an interview or if they're just interested in a topic versus they're just like, okay, this guy's coming on to talk about, I'm raising money for whatever. Let me just ask a few questions. There's right. definitely a difference between that. And I don't want to be that person that just looks like you don't know what you're talking about because right. that was some, I'm sure there's some old clips of me somewhere out there where I've interviewed people that I didn't know a lot about the topic. And, and that's, I feel dumb almost, you know? Yeah. And I, I heard a lot about Larry King of course made his career doing interviews and uh i saw someone say once that he believed he was the dumbest person in the room all the time so mm-hmm. he just was interested in i just want to learn what your thing is that you do if you watch some of his later clips a lot of his questions are more just what's that all about yeah but i mean like earlier <laughs> earlier prime larry king and i mean the guy worked until he was nine so yeah. i just yeah. mean he, he he did a good job well into his career though of, of being engaging with that why he got his big it's funny I've, I've thought about that myself as far as well i like the idea of genuinely asking questions and getting to know somebody because i have done a bunch of interviews with people i've met on the night <laughs> where i'm meeting them <laughs> in the room for the first time right yeah. and talking to them and asking about what it is they do while knowing you know a few little uh bullet points about them going yeah. in but yeah i i have in the past taken the approach of well i'm going to ask questions and get to know them at the time and see how that goes, because I feel like, oh, that's more to use an overused word organic. And mm-hmm. it's people tuning in might not know either. So why not? I get to know them and they can explain their thing as opposed to me kind of knowing everything and prompting them. But mm-hmm. also coming at it as I have over the last, especially the last year with doing prep and right. doing some research and coming into it. I just feel much more comfortable with that because even if I'm asking somebody about their story, even if I know the answer, I at least know kind of where I can go with it and where I can take it based on the research that I've done. So yeah. I personally feel way more comfortable having done the prep and having a few things outlined for me to go on just a framework not like I have these things I definitely want to hit because right. I never end up getting to everything that I intend to <laughs> when I talk to somebody because yeah. you just you are ultimately having a conversation and this, you know, I'm not a journalist. I'm just a guy who's arrogant enough to host his own show and put his name in the title. <laughs> but yeah, I still like the idea of coming in and saying, all right, I have a few things I definitely want to talk about, but there are things I want to know. And that's why in, in a large part, mm-hmm. I said, well, I actually don't know what Joe's story is and how his, his career arc has gone, 
especially now it's just changing over and getting back into sports. I thought, okay, so yeah, there has been some kind of change. And there is also the idea, and I think this is important to particularly anybody who's looking to do anything in a creative way, because there's certainly no shortage of creativity that goes into what you do, even Mm -hmm. though you're doing it based on on facts and, you know, sports statistics and and things like that, you still, there's still a a large element of creativity that comes into it as far as the technical work of having to cut clips together and, and do all that prep. But also mm-hmm. to have personality and to bring that to it as well. You, you definitely do need to have some creativity. But I like kind of um, the idea of letting people know that you have to be open. You have to be open to the opportunity and different things that come along. Because it's very easy to approach it and just say, like, well, I want to do this. Or you may be dealing with interns like, well, I want to be on SportsCenter. Right. Except you're going to have to do a lot of things to get there. So yeah. you got to look beyond, yeah. like, well, I want to host SportsCenter. Okay. But it's going to take more than that. And the idea, I think, that only serves people, the idea that you need to be open mm-hmm. and that you need to, along the way, you will find different things that appeal to you and different opportunities that are going to come up or things you thought, well, maybe I never considered that. But now, you know what? I'm up for that. And I think that's I, important. I sort of fought that, I think, at first. I was very, mm-hmm. and again, we were talking about this, less mediums to get the content out there back in 2008. But right. I definitely was told maybe you take a job that you're not crazy about you got to be open to it though and you'll know right as you you know you got to give it some time and you'll know and i was very like nah i, I love sports too much i'm gonna be a sports broadcaster at a tv station somewhere and things yeah. like that and i would say you know doing the news thing opened it up and i do enjoy that i love what i'm doing right now but i you know if they said hey you want to try and do some morning show work for us i gladly so there's definitely, yeah, the being open part is, is very important. And I think a lot of people that I know that are at levels far above me and things did that sort of thing. You know, I know I know people at ESPN that were just news reporters in Myrtle Beach for a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and they were covering car wrecks and house fires and things. It's just part of it. And they tried that out. They didn't like it. They had an opportunity because you stick it out to go elsewhere and, and do that. So I think that's uh, that's very important to do, especially now. Yeah, for all you young now. aspiring broadcasters, exactly. Yeah. yeah, be open so. or do your own thing. If you're not finding jobs or if you you don't see the opportunity that you want to take or you want to show your range, yeah, do a podcast, do something on YouTube, whatever. Now, I've always least... been I've always been scared of that. Like I keep hearing people, and you are doing it. You're you're killing it with it. I just don't. Thanks, man. I'm not scared, but like the whole getting it off the ground. I just thought, man, there's a lot of. It's it's easier it's now than 11 years ago when I started doing it. I was actually that conversation is really? coming up because we're hitting uh, with with 2020 having <laughs> so much of the you know COVID and the pandemic absorbing <laughs> our attention and distracting us from other things. Uh, I'm kind of getting back to some talking about some things that we didn't celebrate last year with 10 years of the first show I started doing, the only podcast that matters, which we you know kind of wow, talked that. about and then yeah, and, and, but didn't maybe celebrate as much as we wanted to. Now we did a a short Mm. series in June of 2016 called the guide to life, same four guys. And that's coming up on five years since we did that. And we thought, wow, you know, it's interesting how different everything is now and how accessible it is compared to when we started. So that's something Uh we're actually going to be digging more into because it's a lot easier to start now and to figure it out along the way, or even more points of reference as time has gone on. Because I think at the point we got on iTunes originally before it was Apple music, Apple podcast, whatever, it was it was something like 200,000 podcasts, which is still a lot. 
But now yeah. it's probably 200 million podcasts because anybody, any, like we said, any celebrity is now hosting a podcast, except they got somebody coming in with an offer, you know, a sponsor right out of the gate saying, hey, do you want to do a show? And, you know, uh, Nutrigrain bars are going to sponsor it or whatever the hell it is. But, um, you know, now it's it's a whole different thing. And there's a lot of stuff that's just kind of plug and play with it. So mm-hmm. all the more reason it's kind of if, if you have the. I'm not saying this. I'm saying this in general, although to you, if, if you're open to it, I'm certainly here. I am a resource. Please let my experience teach you something. Yeah. <laughs> let, let all my stumbles uh, not have been in vain. But yeah, the idea that, that you can do it or you can put something out there that maybe you're not doing in your, you know, quote unquote day job. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's kind of no reason to do it. There is no barrier to entry. You could do it on a small scale. It's going to take a while for people to find you anyway. Just that's how it goes. There's so many things yeah. competing for your attention. But mm-hmm. the idea that you can do it. And that you don't know what opportunities that's going to bring your way is yeah. is important because we don't know where where everything's going. We don't know where the technology is going to go. We don't know what uh, mediums are going to be available right. us in the future. It's it's crazy. Incidentally, you need to get to work. So I feel like we just really <laughs> scratched the surface. But I, I'm trying to be conscientious of the time. Normally, we this I'll do it again. We do it again. We are totally going to do it again. We barely got into you know, we, we got a very uh, we got a Reader's Digest kind of uh <laughs> summary of you and that's pretty much it but uh we're, we're definitely gonna get into it you you are now you're yet an, another muppet i've collected on my journey even though we're related and i'd, I'd see you anyway right, like but uh you're, <laughs> you're you're yet another one who's who's on the team uh, i and, said man first one this has been great it's a lot of fun dude, it is and it's quick right you like think all i would have done more being what what i've done for my career but yeah well i'm honored that you chose me to be your first <laughs> of course but um yeah, like it's been we signed on an hour and a half ago and it's like, wow, it went by that quickly. Look at that. No yeah. breaks, no commercials. No, when we come back. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to believe what happened up. to this neighborhood cat. We'll show you uh, after the break. Tonight. Yes. LaMelo <laughs> Ball playing with the Hornets right now, chasing the playoff spot, guys. <laughs> so in the meantime, if you want more of the broadcasting expertise of Joe Morano, you can follow him on Instagram at Joe W. Morano. That's right. And of course, you can follow me as well. On Twitter at Chris Abalo and on Instagram at Chris Sells Out. And please follow the show at Cape Pod on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe. Cost you nothing to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on the I'll podcast plug, app of your choice. My my Twitter is sports news and bad jokes, if you like that. Oh, I'm sorry. What's so, your Twitter? I forgot. I do just, follow you on that's Twitter. That's just Joe Moran. Joe Moran. But it's it's just bad jokes and sports news. That's all it is. Awesome. There you go. Hot takes on sports. <laughs> if that's what you want, <laughs> Joe Morano's the guy. Oh, man. Yeah, and I get it. Of course, the show will be back next Monday with yet another episode and also subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as well. Uh, links are at Chris Abalo. See, people flub. People mess up. I just go, you know, well, what do you do? All you of push a sudden, on through, guys. That's it. You just got to keep going. I could go back and take that out and say and just insert as well, but I'm not going to do it because, hey, that's the game we're in. We could and, talk uh, news flubs some other time. I've, I've been on a few of those YouTube clips right there. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, well, part two. There's your teaser, everybody. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do a oh, super boy. cut of Joe Morano's flubs. And it's funny. Uh, it, it is those, those I don't mind. Those I don't mind. Every, they're not nearly as embarrassing. When, as whenever people friends. whenever people have a, a gathering or a, a party and there's the inevitable, oh, let me show you what I saw on YouTube, there are mm-hmm. always those news broadcasters messing things up. There's always you know those 20 minute compilation videos. Always that. Just yeah, news story I'm on a few of those. It's always, but again, it's morning show. It's fun. Like we know it's happening. We're mm-hmm. laughing as it's going on. Right. So, yeah, I've definitely made a few appearances. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're gonna put those together for next time. There's gonna be even more research for part two. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. Sounds good. 
All right, everybody. Subscribe, like, share, all that other good stuff, and follow the both of us. And the show will be back next Monday with yet another episode. So, until next time, for Joe Morano, this is Chris Apollo, and this was yet another experiment. Sixteen hours over two days to persuade the 100 senators whether or not to convict the president of inciting an erection, that uh, insurrection rather.